This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, April 15th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. As difficult as it may be to admit, Donald Trump deserves some credit in his planned drawdown in the war in Afghanistan. Cato's Emma Ashford, recently back from Afghanistan, says broadly the Trump administration has taken some important steps that fundamentally recognize key facts on the ground. So if we're going to talk about Afghanistan... Uh, in particular, I think I think Donald Trump does actually deserve some credit. We started moving towards peace talks with the Taliban at the end of the Obama administration, but Donald Trump has actually taken that and he has run with it. He appointed a special envoy. They're having actual direct talks with the Taliban. Um, he's talking about drawing down U.S. forces. That's really good. This is actually a great foreign policy decision. Um, I mean, of course, as always in the Trump administration, there are significant implementation problems. So uh, you mentioned the Obama administration uh, speaking with the Taliban in a way. What does why is that a good decision? So with the Obama administration, it was mostly indirect. And with the Trump administration, they've actually started having direct talks now. The reason it's good is we have been fighting them for over 18 years at this point, and we've not actually sat down and had peace talks. We've not actually tried to figure out what it is that the Taliban wants in order for them to stop this civil war. And instead, we've basically just pursued a policy of sort of absolute defeat. They basically have to go away in order for us to leave Afghanistan. So we're basically accepting reality with making these talks. And that's a really good thing. Okay. So uh, the president has also asked for uh, an exit from Syria. And it has seemed like the Pentagon, at least, has either slow walked it or seemed caught off guard when the president went public with this information. But anybody who's following the things that this president has said since the campaign trail is that Syria is just a bad deal for the U.S. And uh, so what is what is different about Afghanistan? Well, I have some sympathy for the military planners at the Pentagon who are trying to deal with this because usually how this works in, in your average administration is these decisions are debated internally for weeks or months or even years before they get implemented. And that gives military planners a lot of time to, to figure out how they're going to do it logistically, right? So when a tweet comes out from President Trump one day that just says, all troops out, I mean, they have contingency plans. In, in, a, in, in a certain number of months. Yeah, it's, it's actually quite difficult to do that logistically. Um, where the real problem is, though, I think is actually above the military planners, and it's Donald Trump's advisors. It's people like John Bolton, Mike Pompeo, um, who the minute they see that tweet, they're already trying to walk it back. They go and tell journalists, that's not what we're really doing. They send contradictory messages down to the Pentagon saying, don't actually do it. That's not what he really means. And so the end result is just total confusion. Um, and in Syria, that's resulted in sort of, we are leaving a bunch of troops there, but we really don't know how many it is. In Afghanistan, it's basically, we're definitely withdrawing at least some troops. We're trying to end the conflict, but the timeline's a little unclear and how fast the drawdown happens is very unclear. Okay. So the difference with respect to Afghanistan is what? So in Afghanistan, it's peace talks. That's the difference. Um, and this is a strategy that uh, the Trump administration has been entirely unwilling to pursue in the case of Syria. I mean, obviously, Syria is different in many ways. There's lots of countries involved. We have less of a stake. But in Afghanistan, the fact that they're talking about drawdown of troops and simultaneously actually pursuing peace talks to end that conflict or at least find a ceasefire stalemate, 
there. Um, that's a big change in US policy. And it's a change that actually has the potential to, to work. It's not just that we're precipitously drawing all the troops out of Afghanistan and just letting it collapse. He's also trying to find a solution. So this is actually a good strategy in many ways. So what are the biggest complicating factors of this good idea, the drawdown in Afghanistan? So um, so when I was in Afghanistan last week, the thing that I heard most frequently um, is that there is just no communication between the Trump administration and the Afghan government on this process. So while it's great that we are having direct negotiations with the Taliban, um, the Trump-appointed envoy to these peace talks, a guy, Ambassador Khalil Zadad, he has basically cut the Afghan government out of this process. And so it's direct US-Taliban negotiations, but we're not actually talking to the, the nominal government of Afghanistan about this. And they have somewhat different opinions on a lot of this stuff. So even if we get to an agreement with the Taliban, not entirely sure of what the government of Afghanistan will do about that. And there, there's also some sort of personal issues between Khalil Zadad and the president of Afghanistan that really just complicates this stuff even further. Yeah, you would expect that the, the people who essentially represent the former government of Afghanistan having direct talks with them should logically ruffle the feathers of the current government of Afghanistan. Well, it's not so much former and current government. It's um, it's that Khalil Zadad has uh, he is himself an Afghan an Afghan expatriate, um, lived in America for many years, just like Ashraf Ghani, the current president. Um, and Khalil Zadad has flirted with running for president of Afghanistan a number of times. So there was an incident here in D.C. a couple of weeks ago where the Afghan national security advisor was here in town meeting with a bunch of journalists. Basically, just went off about Khalil Zadad, about how he was trying to foment a coup in Afghanistan. These peace talks are just a way of, of destabilizing our government. So there's a lot of tension there in that process. That's not going to help things in the long run. Okay. So going forward in terms of how the Trump administration should pursue this, what what are their options and what do you think would be best the best first couple of steps? Well, so, I mean, there really is a lot of good news here. The good news is that there is a military drawdown to some extent starting in Afghanistan. We're engaged in peace talks that have the potential to help us get out of Afghanistan faster and in a way that keeps that state secure. Um, what the Trump administration could do to fix sort of the, the other problems is to talk more to the government of Afghanistan. Now, obviously, we're not going to agree on everything with them when we're negotiating with the Taliban, but actually including them in the process makes it more likely that it will work. So the, the Trump administration sort of approach, which is very unilateral, which is kind of their approach to everything in foreign policy, they're going to need to soften that a little if they want this to work. And uh, as you mentioned, the the various sides here are seemingly all interested in the same thing, which is peace. Yeah. So again, something that I heard from from everybody when I when I was out in Afghanistan recently was that for the first time in many years, everybody is really pushing towards peace. This this conflict has basically become stalemated and it has been stalemated for so long that everybody really just wants it to be over. And even if that means accepting compromises on all sides, people seem willing to accept that now in a way they didn't even five years ago. So this is, I think, a, a hopeful time for the conflict in Afghanistan. 
Emma Ashford is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.